this morning, I, I felt like I had this little, this little, uh, when, I, when Dan just asked me to preach like maybe a couple of days ago, I'm like, I was literally packing my stuff to come and he said, hey, will you preach? And I'm like, well, I don't have anything to preach, but okay, sure. And um, so as I was praying and thinking about it, I just had this thing in my head about sanctification and consecration. And so sanctification is um, when God sets us apart or we're set apart for God's use. That's a kind of very simple definition. But consecration is more like when we set ourselves apart. Consecration, so what they'll do is like, let's say they're, they build a new cathedral or, or, or a, a, a church and they'll, they'll consecrate it, they'll dedicate it as unto the Lord. And it feels like, it, to me it feels like, and it's not, a perfect, uh, it's not a perfect statement, but it feels to me like sanctification is what God does, to, does for us and con- consecration is what we do for God. And so this morning I kind of want to zero in on consecration. I feel like right now for this congregation, even again through the words that were coming through, like, like I feel like it's a season of consecration for you. Like even to, for Dan to call a fast, a, a really wimpy little one-day fast, even, the, <clears throat> you know, when we fast, we, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, but for Dan to have a fast this week, a fast is a consecration. It's a setting yourself apart. It's, to get it, it's a dedicating of yourself for the Lord because you want to say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. What do you want to do with me? And so I feel like it's a season of consecration for you and that God wants to, God wants to do something in you that will, be, um, that will make us more intimate with him but also more useful for him. And so um, I want to just zero in on, like, I'm just going to uh, talk about really focus on one little scripture and just talk about what I'm seeing there. And then, so if you have your Bible or you have your phone or you put it on the board, um, I want us to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, uh, this is Paul uh, writing, and he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. I'm not going to focus a lot on uh, verse 2, but I want to read that to you. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so um, he's, uh, Paul, uh, so this morning I just want to talk about what it means to be like a consecrated Christian. Um, So I'll start by, you know, I kind of talked about what that word consecration means, dedicating dedicating yourself to the for service to the Lord or for worship to the Lord. Sometimes when we talk about worship, I think we're far too limited in our understanding of worship. We have a tendency to define worship as, we, when we think about worship, sometimes we really limit it to what we do here together corporately or what we do in our community. We think of worship as, or even we think of worship as like when we're in our car and we're singing singing worship songs or we're in our quiet place and we're singing worship songs. But I think worship is much, much more than that. I think that's a, that is a key and it is a, a, a wonderful part of what worship is. But really when we think of our lives, our lives are worship. Everything we do has, in, in one way or another, almost everything we do in one way or another is sort of a form of worship. What do I mean by that? I mean that uh, like because like the word worship, you break it down, and it's like worth and ship, and it's like ascribing worth to something. So now think about how often we do that throughout our day, how we ascribe worth to something. 
So like I get a hundred, I get a hundred dollars. Well, I, I can't, I get like 1,500 rand or something. And I go and I buy myself a pair of shoes, but I don't tithe on that. I'm ascribing worth to those shoes. I'm saying those worth, those shoes, like my vanity is more important than what I give to God. Or how we spend our time. You wake up in the morning and you, instead of getting in, into the presence of God, you get on, you know, social media. My fastest year is social media. I'm like off social media. But we ascribe worth with our time, with our money, with our speech. What are you talking about? It's, that's all in some way, you can all see that as, in some way as how we worship the Lord. What do you do with those resources, with those very limited resources that God has given you? And so we spend our time, we spend our money, we spend our, we, we're ascribing worth all the time. So when I consecrate myself, I'm saying, listen, I'm going to dedicate my money to God. So how I spend my money, how I spend, what are the things I talk about, the things that I watch on television, the, the way I allocate my time. I'm not saying that we have to spend, like we have to be monks and we have to go live in, uh, in uh, monasteries or, you know, you have to be a nun in a convent and you can't do anything. But we have to kind of figure out the balance of how we commit ourselves and give ourselves. So looking at the, the book of Romans, the book of Romans is a super key um, book in the Bible. In fact, John Calvin said, for you Calvinists, he says, uh, he says, when one understands this epistle, he has a passage open to him to, to the understanding of the whole scripture. J.F. Packer, you know, like uh, the knowledge of the holy, he says, all roads in the Bible lead to Romans. John Piper is kind of my go-to guy when I'm prepping. I always kind of want to say, okay, what does John Piper say about sanctification? What does he say about consecration? And, and uh, I kind of, a lot of times I'll start there. And he said, Romans, Romans is the most important theological Christian work ever written. So there's things happening in Roman that we really, Romans that we really need to pay attention to. That's almost like the whole of the gospel, the whole of the scripture is being contained in this book. We can kind of get this really breath, this breadth of understanding by looking into Romans. And here's Paul, he's, he's writing, he starts this letter, or this chapter off, this, this section of Romans off with this statement. He says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Or in the NIV, he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So he urges you. So he's, this is like he's ready to say something really important. He's, he's ready to say something to the Romans that he wants them to pay attention to. And I think this morning he wants us to pay attention to. He says, I appeal to you. I, I urge you. I, I, I strongly want you to, hey, listen up. Listen, like when we're talking to our kids. And everything's going crazy. And we just stop them and say, listen, listen. I want your attention. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's saying, listen, I want your attention. And then he ups it. He says, I, I urge you, I appeal to you. And he says, by the mercies of God. It's really important here. So his plea is rooted in God's mercy. So he's actually saying, okay, Gideon, I want you to listen to this because God is bringing, this is like God's mercy to you. Like, God is like, man, if you, this is like, you got to listen. This is, this is important. And so, um, 
Andrew and MC and I were talking last night. We started talking about the mercies of God. We started talking about like um, how gracious and patient and long-suffering God is. And so those of you who know us, you know my wife, Ann Margaret, right? You know that Ann Margaret, she, I, I mean, I've said it, like, to me, she's the, of, the embodiment of grace. She's probably the most gracious person I know, and I know that because she puts up with me. So also, you guys that know me know she's gracious because she has to put up with me. And she is long-suffering. She is loving. And I really believe it was a genius of God that he gave me a wife who was super gracious because he knew that she would have to be. I mean, I was, I, 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 sometimes I say things, and I think, and you know, like, like she'll, I'll say something to her, and other people might, will look kind of surprised, and she'll just be like, it just, none, of, none of that stuff bothers me. She's like, I know, I know, I know, I know how he feels about me. I know that he loves me. I know that he, you know, he's not, you know, like, and there's something about the mercy of God, the grace of God, the long suffering of God. For those of you who are sitting here for, for this morning and you've been walking with God a long time, aren't you so grateful for the mercy of God? Aren't you so grateful? I am so grateful. I can't believe God puts up with me. I can't believe that God puts up with me and he still loves me. And he still like blesses me and looks after me and I like I get to do all this like amazing stuff with ministry and like and I know who I am and I know how he's like I know where he's um, he's like being patient and long suffering. And I think all of us can relate to that on one level or another because we all have those times where we just lose the plot. You know, somebody steps on our toes, literally or figuratively. We get our feelings hurt. We get bent out of shape. We get offended, like, like uh, the, the word that Penny brought and then that Lona brought the interpretation to. We get offended by people. We get offended by God. Listen, I, I got to tell you, I do that too. Like, I had just had a long period where I had to, like, repent because I let myself get offended. You know, there's a, there's a, I don't even know where the scripture is, but it's a scripture that I quote to myself all the time for years and for decades, and it is the righteous aren't easily offended. And I, and I, and I always say to people, I'm like, you can be righteous or you can be offended, but you can't be both. And I let myself get offended. I didn't plan on talking about this, but, and it was like, it was like a, about a two-year period where I just was unhappy and frustrated and frustrating. And God was just merciful. God was just long-suffering. God just said, okay, you know, like, go ahead, throw your temper tantrum. Go ahead, cry it out. Kick, scream, do what you got to do. But there's a day coming. There's a reckoning coming where we're going to deal with this. And God dealt with me. And, um, and we, we, can, we have the, this opportunity where we can actually um, cut those, those seasons short. We can break those seasons of like, okay, I'm hurt, I'm offended. I don't like, so what if you're sitting here this morning and like, you know, you don't like the fact that they split your congregation in half? 
And I go, ah, man, I, I like those people. And why are we, at, why, you know, why can't we all be together? And like, you know, you just don't. So you can be offended by it. You can be annoyed by it. You can be, you know, all those things. Or you can get over it. And you can begin to enjoy what God wants to do in this next season. So, he's, so, so Paul's saying it's because of God's mercy. I'm, I, want, I want you to hear what I'm going to say next. And he says, he, said, he says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, D.L. Moody said, the problem with a living sacrifice is that it keeps crawling off the altar. There's a difference between a living sacrifice and a dead sacrifice. And what he's saying there is like we all have this, this, uh, this free will. We all have this, this, we can all make this decision of like, you know, like, hey, you know, God calls you to die in an area. He calls you to, to lay down an area. He calls you to shift in an area. And you have this opportunity to say yes or no. That's why it's a living sacrifice. That's why we have free will. That's why we have, that's why God gives us the opportunity. It's because of his grace and his mercy that he says, you know, I'm going to give you this chance to lay yourself down. I'm going to give you a chance on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday that you're doing a fast? On Wednesday to do a fast. You don't have to do it. I'm, I'm reasonably certain that the elders are not going to be, um, like, going to spy on you and catch you. Hey, I have a confession to make. You guys want a confession? I, have to, I actually have to repent. So, you ready for this, Hendrick? So on, uh, on Wednesday, I was flying here. And, um, and so my flight was at like five o'clock and, I, we, and my wife was taking me to the airport around one o'clock and she said, she said, hey, I forgot we were supposed to be fasting today. So our church called a fast. And, I, and I'm like, I completely forgot too. And I ate that day. But it's so cool and gracious of God that we have the choice. It's like it's so cool that you like, you don't have to tithe. You don't have to. You know, the, 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 I mean, to the best of my knowledge, the elders aren't like, they don't, they don't have access to your banking account and know if you are or aren't, or maybe like you're giving, you know, maybe you're giving 2% instead of 10, whatever. It's such, it's our privilege. We get to do it. I used to say this a lot. Those of you who've been around a lot, it's like you don't have to, you get to. That's what he's talking about here, to offer yourself, to present yourself as a living sacrifice. Like you get to make this choice of like, God, I'm going to give you myself. And he talks about the body and the body really, our bodies, he goes, offer your bodies. It's like that, that's all of us. It's like, like, you know, like we have houses and we have cars and we have money and we have bicycles and we have skateboards and we have, you know, we have all stuff. All this stuff burns up. It doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't matter. He says, offer your bodies. He basically, offer your whole being as a living sacrifice. Like I'm saying, God, everything that I am, everything I dream about, everything I want to do. Listen, there's, like, I, I can tell you, like, there's guys sitting here today who are serving you full-time in ministry who could be out in the world making a lot of money. There's guys who are here serving you full-time in ministry that could have, like, said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to split because I'm tired of the load shedding. I'm going to go somewhere else and... But God gives us this amazing opportunity to offer ourselves up to him. He's giving you, he gives us an amazing opportunity to say, Lord, all that I am is yours. Everything I am. 
And he's, at the same time, he's super gracious in it. He's super uh, patient in it. A few, a few weeks ago, we, we preached a series on uh, giving in heritage. And uh, we preached it over December, and we preached it based around uh, the Magi going to give Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew 2, 11 says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the guy who leads our church, a guy named Peter, he did, you guys might know him, he preached on gold, and he talked about tithing. And uh, another guy, Mike, he preached on myrrh, and he talked about like dying to ourselves. But I got to preach, I got the best one, I got to preach on frankincense, which is really about worship. And I got to, I got to, um, to preach around that, and, and how we go and we kind of, our worship is like, we, like the magi that came and they presented their gifts. And we, when we come to worship, a lot of times we have the sense that like, it's like, oh man, I really need worship because I really need to get that, that good feeling. But it's like, it's, it's an, our opportunity to present a living sacrifice to the Lord, to give, give him something. And frankincense is like an, is an, it's an, it's an incense. It creates an aroma, a smell. In our worship, we have that, we have that opportunity. Even when we're in our, in, in our quiet time, when we're together, when we're, you know, even when we say, okay, look, I've got this $10. And man, I want to go buy, you know, a nice meal. But man, I feel like God wants me to give it to Declan. And I say, man, but God, I really want, but, but the more you do it, the more you begin to realize it's like, oh man, I get to do this. I get to be God's instrument of blessing. I get to be God's, God's uh, hands and feet. I get to be the guy that, like, I get such a privilege. And so I offer myself, I offer everything I have. I look for opportunities to give myself, to present myself, to lay my gifts before him because I love him, because he's faithful, because he's long-suffering, because he's merciful, because I don't want to be anywhere else. I, can't, I could be somewhere else. I don't want to be anywhere else. Even this morning, like, you know, it's like I'm getting ready to pack and fly. And like, you know, okay, so, you know, I have, a, I have a, a, a limited amount of time here. I've got like 10 days here. And it's like I, I, I have a lot, of, a lot of stuff I'm doing with our group this week. And so I had like, you know, maybe three days where, that are not like fully packed. And one of them was yesterday. And I could have been seeing friends. I could have been walking on the beach. I could have been, but it's like, oh, no, I get, I get I get to preach. I'm like, here, God, here, you can have that day because it's a privilege. And so we present ourselves. We present our lives. It's not a one-time gift. Like with the Magi, it was a one-time gift. Like they went and they presented their gift. Our gift is a continual gift. It's, it's, it's a living sacrifice. It's constantly, you're constantly doing it. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. There's a there's a, there's a continuation, there's a, there's a continuity, there's a, a thing where we're always, like there's never a day where like, okay, I've given it now, I've, I've presented my body a living sacrifice, I'm done now. It's a constant thing. It's a lifestyle, it's a, it's a passion, it's a, it's a love relationship that we have with them. 
It's a waking up this morning and saying, God, what can I give you today? God, what can I give you? It's like, you know, like someone comes over to your house and you, know, you forgot their birthday. And it's like you, you kind of, you're running around the house like, is there something I can put in a gift bag? And like, hey, I got you a birthday gift. Is there like a, you know, an unopened candle or a, you know, something? And I say, we wake up saying, God, okay, God, what can I give you today? Can I give you, can I, can I bless someone financially? Can I give you, can I give money to the church? Can I, can I bless someone? Can I take someone to lunch? Can I, can I pray for someone? Can I fast today, Lord? Can I, what can I do? That's what a living sacrifice is. It's a constantly looking for the opportunity, the op looking for the opportunity, not that we have to do it, but that we get to do it. I was thinking about in the, um, in the uh, there's a, a liturgy, a marriage liturgy from the common book of prayer and how um, they, they, in the old fashioned wedding vows, um, for those of you who are interested in wedding vows, um, the, in, the, there's, in the old fashioned one, the, the groom will say this to the bride. He says, with this ring I thee wed, I, I got like, this gives me chills. With my body I thee worship, and all my worldly goods I thee endow. It's that sense of like, I mean, that is alluding to physical intimacy. Like with my body I, I thee worship, I give you everything. And there's that sense of the, like, the, like it's like everything. When we, when we stand at the altar and we get married, it's like we're saying to that person, I give you everything that I am. All that I am, all that I hope to be, everything is yours. And that's what it is with the Lord. It's like it's not something we do on a Sunday. It's not something we do on occasion. It's not something we do. It's like everything that we have. And then, and then he talks about, later on in the verse, he says, um, to offer ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So he's talking about this as worship. And he says, so that, that's a sense of like, we're constantly seeking to, endeavoring to, striving to, longing to come to the Lord, holy, cleansed from all our sins. Coming to him and say, God, okay, before, will you just cleanse me? And we're working towards more and more of a holy life. We're looking, we're, we begin to look at our lives and we say, okay, what can I get? What, uh, what needs to go? What do I need to take out of here? So that when I bring myself to the Lord, I'm more holy and more acceptable. We're never fully there. We're not fully there. We won't be fully there, but we're, we're striving to be more and more holy and acceptable. We're taking an inventory constantly. Man, Lord, I, like, <clears throat> like for me, social media became a thing where it's like, you're just scrolling and you're just like, you know, I, I'm looking on and, there, and you'll see something like, oh man, that, that, uh, that's a cool watch. I think, you know, then you begin to think about that thing. Or, and it's like, man, I just, eh, eh, let's just, let's just make more room for the Lord. Take it, let me take it out and let me go back to spending more time in the Word, spending more time in worship, spending more time reading the books that I want to be reading. We're constantly looking how to bring ourselves to the Lord in a, in not, a, not in a condemnation type way. Like some of us feel like, oh man, I can't watch that movie, you know. 
you know, I don't want to do that because, no, it's like a, man, I don't want to do that because I want to be able to come to the Lord, like, clean. We're not, to, we're not always totally clean, but we're like, we're trying to get cleaner. We're trying to like get, get more and more like, so when I come to him, I, I have a better sacrifice to bring to him. I have a better offering to bring to him. One that's not tainted by the world. The one that doesn't smell like the sewer. The one that smells like him. It's wholly acceptable. In Psalm 57, verses, from Psalm 51, verse 7, it says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. But then he says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold a within me a willing spirit. We're constantly drawing ourselves close to him, drawing ourselves into that place of intimacy, the living and holy sacrifice, constantly looking for, how can I get more of you, Lord? How can I bless you? How can I, how can I bring more pleasure to you, Lord? How can I, and, and, it's, and it comes down to, man, you, you look at that, you know, for those of you who are married or in a relationship, you look at that spouse and you think, man, look at my wife. She could be with way better guys than me. And yet she like lays down her life for me and she looks after me and she loves me and she supports me and she follows me around the world. And, and it, there's, that, there's that sense of like, like, wow, I mean, what's that like? And we can do it in our marriage, but we can do it with the Lord. Like imagine the Lord when you say, you know what, actually, I'm going to give double my tithe this month because, Lord, I just want to bless you. Or when you say, man, God, I'm going to give, I'm just going to stop watching those movies because, man, I just, I want to give that to you. We have an opportunity. We have, a, we have that opportunity. And then just kind of finish up to wrap it up. Like um, that second verse, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, as, we, as we're doing this, as we're becoming that living sacrifice, as we're focusing our lives and our, and our attention on that, we begin to better know what the will of God is. He says, you'll begin to, you'll begin to say, well, I, I, can't, I don't want to think like the world anymore, and I don't want to focus on those things anymore. I want to focus on you, Lord. And then you begin to, to know his will. You begin to see his will. I think I see Sarah do that. I see, I see that in Sarah a lot. Like, she, like, I, like I said, I mean, I'm not exaggerating or um, trying to flatter Sarah when I say every conversation. Like if Sarah calls and says, hey, I want to pop over and like, you know, I made you guys some bread and I'm going to bring you some bread. And I'm like, I got to be ready to talk about Jesus the whole time. We're not going to talk about the Desperate Housewives or the Bachelorette or, or anything like that. We're not talking about that stuff. We're not going to talk about football. We're not going to talk about, um, you know, she's not going to come over and talk to Aunt Margaret about her new shoes and how she wants to go shopping at, you know, the store. And buy, you know, that's not Sarah. You know, she's going to pretend like she's going to come and like, oh, we're just going to, I'm just going to come say hi, but it's going to be Jesus. And like, I just think about like how like 
how much Jesus loves you, Sarah. How, like, how much you bring joy to his, his heart. Man, and how, much, um, how we all have that same opportunity. Oswald Chambers said, I have no right to say I believe in God unless I order my life as under his all-seeing eye. Unless I order my life under his all-seeing I have no right to say I believe in God. If I'm not living my life for him, if I'm not, if I'm not a living sacrifice to him, I have no right to call myself a Christian. That is, like, so convicting. You know, if you walk out of here today and, and you look, don't look any different, then stop calling yourself a Christian, okay? Don't go to work and call yourself a Christian if you look like everybody else. Because it's like you're, you're tarnishing the name of Jesus. You've got to look different. You've got to be different. You've got to wake up and say, man, today I'm a living sacrifice. Not about me. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like God is calling, and God is calling us back into a, a, pure, a more pure and intimate relationship with him. Amen. And you can come back to him today. I feel like that was what, was what we were talking about. You know, I'm reading my notes right now. I didn't change my my preach for this morning. But there was, a, there was a sense of like, God was calling people back to him this morning. And that's the sense I got. Like God's calling us back in. He's like, just that, that picture of the, the hen gathering her chicks and bringing them under their arm. Is the hen mad at those chicks? Is the hen, is that, is that the sense you get when, you're, when, when mama comes? Like I see Kegwin with, with Becky and just like that, Kegwin's such a good mom and I see her with Becky, and I see how like loving and like how she just loves to be with her, her daughter, and she she draws her in close, and and it's like it's, it's, that's not that's not that's not the, the um, the action of of someone who's angry, is it? It's love, and I feel like that's what God wants. That's what God's doing this morning. He's just like, hey, I love you guys, like that picture of the prodigal. Just running to his father's arms. The father just said, man. Let's have a party. And I feel like that's what God's saying this morning. He's like, come on back. Let's have a party. I want to celebrate. Let's have fun. And so that's the sense I'm getting this morning of what God wants to do 